Welcome to the Global Workplace, Diversity, Equality, Opportunity. Your host is Alma Besserton, the founder and director of Wimmigrants of Australia. In our program, we will showcase the global organizations who are making a difference worldwide for skilled migrants, as well as focus on some challenges the migrants face with diversity and inclusion. Now, here is your host, Alma Besserton. Voice America uh, listeners, I am so thrilled today that I have two guests, two very special people. One of them is Janine Ames, who was uh, my guest uh, at the beginning of this show. Janine, hello, how are you going? Hello, very well, thank you. I am so fortunate to have you back because there's so much we uh, we have to talk about in our last uh, session when we did. Uh, it wasn't enough, and I don't think this session will be enough to cover uh, on the topic of the women in career as well. Um, so welcome, welcome back, Janine, and um, Thank I'm very, you very fortunate. Much. Thanks. Thanks to you're most welcome. Um, Thanks to Janine, uh, I've got another guest, Lena Beck-Rowing, who is actually in France. Hello, Lena. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, because we have so much to cover today, um, and there is so much to talk about uh, from both of the guests, I'm not going to go through the uh, introduction bio as I normally do, because of the conscious of the time, how much we need to talk about but I will just say that Janine Ains uh, is an accomplished leader with nearly 30 years of experience in management consulting. And um, Janine uh, is the co-author of Solving the Disappearing Women Problematical. And that's how we started conversation last time as I came across this amazing article which um, initiated the whole conversation about women in career. And at the moment, Janine is working as a, at a Spencer Stewart. Lena Backrowing is uh, based in Cairns with offices also in New York and Copenhagen and is a CEO and a founder of Back Global Consulting uh, and also a partner of the Personal Business Plan as well as the creator How to Advance Women in Leadership Show Your Worth. Lena, I'm really, really fortunate to have you as well today, uh, thanks to Janine, so we can talk about uh, so many challenges and not only challenges, but what are the sorts of things from both of experience of you as well as Janine to give advice for women in careers? What are what steps they can take and how they can challenge themselves to take to the next level of their career? So welcome to the show today, both of you. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, I don't know where to start because there's so much we really wanted to, uh, to, to influence, but one of the... Um, Certainly questions that I come across when I coach um, women in particular is about um, how we become more influential. How do we get more power, but not power in a bad way, the power in a, in a good way. How do we manage the pushback from people um, when, when we try to, to challenge the conversations and so on. So perhaps... Um, Janine, based on your article, maybe you can start with this particular question. How do we handle getting more power and influence? Well, I think, you know, one thing that is important is just um, being assertive about the management of your career and the management of your network. So 
I think one of the differences that we see in female senior executives versus some of the male uh, senior executives is that um, the men will just take a more proactive stance in uh, going after new career opportunities, engaging when they are called upon to consider new things much more frequently than women do. Of course, we never want to overgeneralize, um, but it does seem to be the case that men are much more likely to pick up the phone when we call to talk about a new executive position that we would like them to consider. Um, We once did some research that we have to call women five times more than men just to get them into the conversation. Um, And women are more likely to just say, I'm happy where I am. I don't want to consider something new. Whereas men will often consider a new opportunity just because it's a step up. Um, So there are some differences in the way um, the different sexes approach their career management. That's a very interesting point. One of my guests uh, uh, also, uh, she's in IT, uh, Magda Chile, and she's in Singapore, and uh, we talked about this particular question as well, and she said through her career, she started very young, and she looks very young for her age, and that was uh, uh, an issue uh, through her career where when she was going with the senior partners or, or senior management or another male colleague, they will take him more seriously than they did her. And... Uh, so one of the things that she said is that um, it's, it's actually good to seek uh, some support from your male colleagues. Perhaps, Lena, um, given you're in Europe, and, and I'm not sure whether Europe is, is a little bit different to USA and Australian market, what would be your thoughts on that in terms of leveraging from your male colleagues to, to get them to promote you as a woman in career? I mean, there's no doubt that, that it's always good to have someone to leverage your career, whether it's a male or female. And since we have more male in leadership positions, it's easier to get a, a man who supports you than a woman because there's just that, not that many women to support you in leadership positions. I think that, um, I think so no matter what, if you have a male or female uh, person that can support you in your career and leverage your, your career, there's no doubt that that is a very important step you can take. Mm. The, the one of the things, Lina, also, I guess, leveraging on just what you said is um, you talk in your programs because you, you, you do authentic, authentic leadership and so on. And one of the things in your program you talk is about how do you keep your authentic self in your career? How do you keep being a woman and still... Um, and you, you still then leverage on, on your energy and, and influence that way. Can you talk about, you, you talk about the brain energy, how do you spend brain energy and I guess utilizing your, your heart and your emotional intelligence. Can you talk us a little bit more about that? Yes, keeping your authentic self is a question I often get from, from, um, from female coaches that want to leverage their career uh, because they think they have to change. And what I try to stress every time is that they don't have to change, but they might have to learn some new tools. So they can pull from the tools, whatever the situation is, they can take this tool and say, okay, today I have to be 
be behave in a certain way. And we do use different behavior, different authentic behavior all through our life, all through the day. And a lot of times I, I see that if you are in, you want to do a career, you have to maybe speak more assertive, behave more assertive than you have learned earlier in your life. But it's not changing your authentic self. It's a learning uh, new things to, to pull from. That's a very interesting point. And I, through my career, Lena, observed that um, sometimes male uh, would behave exactly the same as, as a female, and the female's assertiveness was uh, misinterpreted as aggressiveness. That's true. It has also been shown in several studies that women are, I wouldn't say punished, but they behave the same aggressive way as males. And I think it also depends on your types because we, we, if, it's not, if it's not your natural self to be very assertive, I don't think you should uh, actually be, you know, confuse that with aggressiveness. But I think also we as women have to learn that when we get a pushback, it doesn't mean the end of the world. So we also have to, to learn to, to, be, to have that stamina to receive the pushback. So if someone is giving us a pushback before, because we are assertive, it might not mean that we are wrong. It might just mean that we have maybe some influence, some powers that people push back on. And that brings me to to question to Janine, uh, back to Janine, and and I know Janine, you talk about also in your programs, and last time we touched a little bit on um, also the difference in flexibility arrangements between uh, a female and a male, and um, certainly here in Australia there is a lot of programs and uh, a lot of companies are trying now to have the equal. Uh, opportunity for females and males to have the flexible working arrangements. So, um, but I believe there is a still challenge if um, if a if a female takes a break for whatever reason, um, whether it's a maternity leave or anything, um, and and also even if they move to another country, because I see a lot of women who have the break because they they come from different countries here and they can't get the jobs for twelve months, so that. They put them in a similar situation like other women who um, took uh, a break for whatever reason. How do they come back um, and, and what would be the process? How would you engage your recruiters and the companies if you had that break for one or two years and you want to come back to the workforce? Right. I mean, I think um, flexible work environments are particularly important for people who have been out and they're then coming back. So I think one of the things to look for is uh, joining a company that um, is has the right kind of culture and attitude about, you know, taking time off. So when you do return, looking for companies that offer flexibility, not just for women, but for men, because a company like that probably has a culture that is welcoming of people leaving for a time and coming back. It's dangerous to go into an environment where you're the only person who has ever returned <laughs> to the workforce after a parental leave or, or something else. Um, the other thing to keep in mind is that it just, you know, it, it, it takes more time sometimes to get back into the flow. And so not being 
you know, overly choosy about the first position that you get into. Just try to get back out there and, you know, get into the workforce and then you can build from there because it just is, you know, you do have to to catch up a little after having been out. That's a very interesting point, uh, Janine. There is also, I think, another side, uh, which is often when women actually go on maternity leave or travel or whatever the reason is, um, I mean, I'm talking here in particular with the women, they somehow actually um, lose a track what's what's available available on a market and what's the situation look like. They, they focus on their uh, children or whatever the reason is that they're taking time off and lose the touch with what's going on. And sometimes 12 months or 18 months could be a reasonable long time to get back into the market. Perhaps, Lena, you could... Um, Tell us a little bit more of what strategy would you give to women in particular if they end up in that situation and they need to go back to the workplace? I think Janine had a very good point that you shouldn't be overly choosy with the first position when you come back. Having said that, I think that women, when they go out and sell themselves, often focus so much uh, on that they have been away. Instead of just focusing, okay, I might have been away for 12 months or 18 months. Uh, this is what I can offer. And don't make it into a big problem. Make sure that your, your pitch and your elevator speech and the way you present yourself, that you actually have that um, confidence that you can con- contribute with, with a lot of things. The world does change a lot uh, in 12 or 18 months, but not so much that you can't uh, come back in, in a good position. Would you, would you recommend in that time they do some uh, maybe short uh, courses or development or, or something like that to actually stay in touch with, with the market? It's, it's never bad to stay in touch with the market and do some short courses, but I also meet a lot of women that every time there's something they can't do, they think they have to study it or take a course, but a lot of times mm. they will learn on the job. So if there's something they can't do, it might not be the end of the world. They will be able to learn quite quickly when they're back. That's a, such an interesting point because, Janine, you and I talked about this uh, uh, in our first session uh, and uh, we both experienced the same thing and I certainly experienced through my corporate career when when uh, the, the job is offered, the same job is offered to women, they will focus and say, oh, there is 80% of this job that I haven't done rather than on 20% that they can actually do Excel and then learn 80%. Whereas men will look at the position description and say, yep, uh, I've done 20%, I can learn the rest. It's such a different mindset. It it is, and it's unfortunate because I think it it does hold women back from applying, you know, to to new jobs if they're coming back into the workforce and also um, for putting their names forward for promotions, for looking into changing jobs if they see an opportunity that's interesting to them. Um, it, it definitely, uh, it, that difference in attitude can be very limiting um, uh, for women who don't, don't pursue things. A lot of the times across the course of your whole career, you really are giving up the opportunity to have raises and to grow, to to climb up the hierarchy if you're not considering moving into new opportunities, some of which will be a real stretch, and that's okay, as Lena 
you know, said, you, you can learn a lot on the job. Mm. We're going to take a short break, um, and when we come back, I would like to touch uh, based on the practices uh, for moving up and earning more, because it seems to me that's also one of the, the things that the women struggle the most. So stay with us, and we'll come back shortly. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Immigrants of Australia is a unique organization helping skilled immigrants, in particular women, to establish careers and integrate in a new country. For individuals, we offer coaching and mentoring programs. For organizations, we help create diverse and engaging culture, offer talent placement, career transitions, diversity strategy, and inclusive leadership development. We are also available for speaking and consulting engagements. Visit Wimmigrants.com.au for more information. That's Wimmigrants.com.au. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Global Workplace with Alma Besserton. To reach the show, please call into our toll-free lines in North America, 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to alma at wimmigrants.com.au. Now, back to the global workplace. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you very much for staying with us today. I am so thrilled. I have two guests today who are amazing ladies, uh, Janine Ames from Spencer Stewart and Lena Backrowing, who is a CEO and founder of Global Consulting. And uh, other things I'm excited is we actually have a global conversation today because Janine is uh, in New York and Lena is in a wonderful France in Cannes. So how good is that? <laughs> Probably best and for Lena. <laughs> yes, yes, Europe is a fantastic uh, place to be, I have to admit. Um, and, and so is New York. <laughs> and it's about, uh, what's, what's the time, Janine, in New York at, at this point? Uh, it's about 7.20 p.m., 7.25. Oh, my goodness. And it's very, very late for Lena, isn't it, Lena? Yes, it's uh, 1.25 here in, uh, in Cannes. Oh, my God, that's a determination. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Lena, for staying awake at 1.30 in the morning. It's a pleasure. I wouldn't miss this, of course. Oh, thank you so, so much. 
Um, as I said before, this topic is one that is very close to my heart, and uh, that's the reason why I established Wimigrants, because I'm really, really determined to help women in general, but in particular women migrants, because they, they find lots of challenges we're talking about. So this episode is going to be very useful for all of the women, including a migrant woman who come uh, to Australia or anywhere else for that matter. Uh, before the break, we, we touched based on... Um, how women can get back on track after the break and what are the, some of the things they can do to stay uh, aligned with uh, uh, what's going on at the, the market and, and so on and so on. And one of the things that um, I certainly come across, and I, and I know you both do through your work, is moving up and earning more. I personally uh, was promoted many, many times within a, a one organization, but sometimes I actually had to leave the organization to take another role up and get more money. So let's start maybe with, uh, with you, Lena, this time and, um, and ask what do you think about uh, what, what could be the strategy of moving up and earning more for women? I mean, I think that's several things you can do. First of all, it starts with yourself. You have to know what you're worth. You have to have that confidence and compare to others. What can I do? A lot of times I hear women say that they hear other people and they, they think, oh, I can do it exactly as good as they do. So if they think they can do it, they have to say, okay, I know my worth. This is, this is what I can do. Secondly, then they have to start showing it. And that's why I call my concept show your worth because they have to show it. People might encourage you to change career or promote you once or twice. But if you don't take that opportunity, take that chance, they will stop doing it. And then you have to make the ask. And it's not about sitting and waiting. Make the ask for a promotion or higher salary. And then the last one is have the network, the mentor, the sponsors, as we touch upon uh, early in the episode. So you have people to, to actually promote you and people who know you. Yes, I, I think that, uh, that's exactly right. Because I also think that women sometimes are uh, resistant to ask for promotion because of the uh, uh, probably lack of the confidence. Janine, uh, surely through Spencer's student, your work globally as well that you do, you, you come across these situations uh, probably uh, a lot. What, what will be your take on this? Well, I think one thing is, um, as much as it, I agree with Lena, it's incredibly important to be proactive. Um, it's also important to, to embrace the opportunities that come in your direction, even if it's not the perfect time. So I've counseled many a woman who would say, well, I want to take this new role, but my children are still small, or it's just not the right time, or I don't feel ready. And, you know, a career, in order to progress, you sometimes just won't have the ideal opportunity right when you want it. So mm-hmm. making the leap, making it work, figuring out your life around it um, is sometimes important to do um, in order to move up. I think you're so right. And uh, the other thing, and, I, and I'm guilty of that as well, sometimes in my previous roles, um, when there is a networking opportunity in the evening, I'd rather go home 
and be with my family than, than going and spending two hours, whereas most of men will actually take the opportunity to go and mingle and meet other people. And, uh, and I don't believe that women are probably taking the networking opportunity as much as they should or could. I think that's exactly right. There, there was a um, recent study by Accenture that said, I was actually shocked by the number, that 90% of the time uh, women are still the primary caregiver in the family. And so it, that has demands on your energy level, <laughs> on your responsibilities to get home. Um, but that is one of the, I'm glad you brought that up, Alma, because it is one of the things um, that really helps you get ahead in your career is maintaining your network over time. So maybe not getting out and meeting a bunch of strangers on a regular basis, but having people who you know you are helpful to and uh, they are helpful to you and maintaining those relationships over time in whatever way that you can make work with your life. I, I always suggest to women that I work with, uh, you know, if they're not comfortable going into um, just any network, I say to them, choose a network that's relate, related to your profession. So if there are in, uh, um, let's say, in accounting space, I say, find out, um, uh, become a member uh, of the CPA or CA or, or whatever the accounting uh, professional memberships are and start actually slowly going on those ones because you already have the topic that is common to you. And that way build the, the relationship that way and start building your skills. So is, is that something you would suggest as well? Exactly, and it allows you to do the things that, uh, one thing that we as women really know we have to do, which is kind of kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> so stay mm. current in your topic area as you're building their network. That's, you know, a way to do both things at the same time. Yes. The, the other question, Lena, perhaps for you is just talking about this whole topic of the, the career move is... Um, that other studies uh, have shown that women are more likely to move up when they're already in a leadership position in general, uh, when there is a more diversity amongst the top management. Can you tell us a little bit more your experience in working globally with the leaders? Yes, we, we know that, that um, from, from studies that have made that the critical mass is... is um, Two women in a in a board. As long as we have two women on the board, we also see that they actually um, provide more diversity. They have more influence. But I, I think I think it's it's a good it's a good statistic and it's good research. The only thing is that we shouldn't make that stop us from actually moving up in our career. And I think that if we are in a company that we feel we can't move up because it is they don't promote women. It's definitely time to change to another company where they do promote. You can stay and you can fight it, but you can also um, see if you have opportunities outside and changing companies. As you said in the beginning, either move up, up in your own company or move to another company to actually get that position and get that salary that you are looking for. Sometimes uh, through my career in a larger organizations, um, I mean, there is only as many directors and managing directors and so on, and uh, it's being promoted to move sidewise. It's also very powerful. I still 
moved uh, uh, sideways in a larger divisions and I got my salary increase. And um, sometimes I advise uh, women and people in general and say it's actually okay to move sideways if there is salary increase as well as the opportunity to work with a larger division. Janine, perhaps uh, what would be your thought on, on that given that Spencer Stewart does a lot of telemanagement and leadership development? I agree. It, it doesn't always have to be a move in the upward direction if it gives you something else that is beneficial over the long term. It, while we can't predict exactly the path our careers will take, it is helpful to give some thought to you know, what seems to be important in your current company, for instance, is managing a lot of people a way that, that other people manage to get ahead. If so, it might make sense for you to move to a group that's technically a lateral move, but it has a bigger team associated with it. Um, are there places in the company that seem to be more um, you know, eager to have diversity or to... Um, promote women into more senior roles and navigating your way towards that part of the company may make sense. Um, So I think being thoughtful, not just about where you are today and expecting to get rewarded just for doing a good job, but to be thinking ahead about where you'd like to end up and how you can negotiate your way towards that. Mm. That, that brings me to another question um, where I, I've been asked because a lot of times, and I, I know both of you and Lena have been asked, um, and perhaps, Lena, you can answer this one. How do you know when it's time to go? How do you know it's time to make a change? <laughs> well, that's a good question, but I think uh, a lot of times it's when you, you know, when you know the job and you actually start getting a little, maybe start getting a little bit bored then you know it's yes. definitely time. But you, but you also know it's time if you, can, if you feel you fall behind on your salary level. If you think, why am I still on this level and I can see people that might, you know, from, from with the same uh, qualifications actually move on uh, in another pace than, than you do, then it's time. But for me personally, I've always moved on when I felt that I was a little bit bored in my job, that there wasn't challenge, that I knew, I wouldn't say I knew everything because you never know everything, but if you kind of feel, okay, I can do this without any challenges, that's not really happening anything new, then for me it's always been time to move on. Yeah, I can relate to that uh, as well. And uh, I think when you feel that you are grown, the particular position and there is no that spark and challenge that you're doing something mm. really extraordinary to make the difference uh, then uh, I mean I certainly was feeling exactly like you but also um, I think um, a lot of times you know people or women in particular will come to me and uh, say to me there are challenges culturally within the organization where they are not allowed well, not allowed, I shouldn't say allowed, but they are not given opportunities to go up or grow within the role or they feel they're hitting the wall. What would you suggest in that instance? Is it time to go if you can't really change that sort of culture or the relationship? I, I think, of course, you, if you're happy for the company you're in, you should try to break that wall and, and promote um, promote that you actually want to 
to uh, move up in the organization and see what feedback you get and also make sure that people know you know your work. If you don't get anywhere, there's only so much you can do, then, of course, I think you should move to another company. But if you, if you like the company you're in, definitely fight for it and see if you can move ahead. Mm. I, I agree with that. Um, Jenny, perhaps this one uh, is, uh, is for you. What should people keep in mind when changing careers? Um, well, I think one thing is, um, you know, there are some general best practices when you're competing for a role. So first of all, I think women have a tendency to not want to go out and compete for a role. <laughs> Again, bad sweeping generalization, but uh, we do see that. If, it's, if it starts to get competitive, women are more likely to get uncomfortable earlier than men in our experience. Um, and my advice would be don't shy away from that, comp- from that competition. You know, everything worth getting in life is worth competing for, really. Um, don't worry about people in your current company knowing that you're interviewing, for instance. You don't want to flaunt it, certainly, um, or rub it in people's faces, but if, if people notice that maybe you've got some options on the outside, that just makes you more attractive sometimes. I usually tell women who just say, well, I'm a very loyal person, loyalty gets you not fired most of the time. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily <laughs> get point. you ahead. It only gets you not fired. Yes. So, um, and I think getting comfortable talking about your accomplishments and um, really, you know, engaging about uh, what you have done, being willing to say I instead of we, at least some of the time, so that it's clear what you individually, you know, bring to the table. That is such an interesting point. Uh, certainly, I come across uh, um, women who come um, from different countries, and also that could be a cultural thing as well where they they lacking that sort of almost uh, language to express themselves, what they've done, uh, having the fear that they might look like they're showing off or they are looking too competitive and things like that. And so often I have to coach them in, in languaging, I guess, uh, what's the right way to express themselves uh, in order to actually feel competitive but not being... Uh, seen as too aggressive or too competitive, and and it's a really interesting uh, that culturally there is a difference. And I know that uh, a lot of Asian and and Indian uh, women, for example, would have that sort of challenges. Is that your experience as well, Janine? Uh, it is. There, uh, I think it's well. It depends on you know which culture you're going to be working in, but I think um, the. You know, the the more female uh, kind of American and to some extent European culture can work quite well in places like Asia, whereas the kind of uh, more aggressive male um, approach doesn't work as well in, in those environments. But um, I think the... You know, the the important thing, as I think Lena was alluding to earlier, is finding a way to be your authentic self and to adjust yourself to the culture, but not completely change the way you are. And a lot of times it takes some experimentation to 
to get that right, but to stay true to your essence at the same time adjusting to the culture around you to some extent. That's a, that's a very interesting point. We'll take a break shortly, but when we come back, I would like to touch base on that because through my career, I've seen women, when they reach the top or uh, senior leadership positions, they almost like to turn into male. They wear suits and they start behaving as male. And I think Lena touched base on that before that that's actually not necessary, but I would like to come back to that uh, because I think um, it, it will be a good guide for a lot of guide for a lot of women to actually understand that they don't need to do that. In particular, if it's a sales environment or or technology company, I think there is a tendency to do that. So I would like to come back to that question after the break. We'll take a break shortly, and we'll come back to that. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Immigrants of Australia is a unique organization helping skilled immigrants, in particular women, to establish careers and integrate in a new country. For individuals, we offer coaching and mentoring programs. For organizations, we help create diverse and engaging culture, offer talent placement, career transitions, diversity strategy, and inclusive leadership development. We are also available for speaking and consulting engagements. Visit Wimmigrants.com.au for more information. That's Wimmigrants.com.au. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Global Workplace with Alma Besserton. To reach the show, please call into our toll-free lines in North America, 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to elma at wimmigrants.com.au. Now, back to the global workplace. Thank you, Voice America listeners, to thank readers and uh, tuning in today. I'm really, really uh, very fortunate to have two amazing guests today, Janine Ames from Spencer Stewart, as well as Linda Beck-Rowing, who is the CEO founder of Fact Global Consulting as well as the creator of How to Advance Women in Leadership, Show Your Worth. 
Today's show is all about advancing uh, people in general, but in particular we are focusing on women because the research is finding that a lot of time women uh, do like to understand and show their worth. Before the break, we touched base on some of these topics, and uh, Lena, you also touched on the how to keep your authentic yourself. And I was saying before the break that through my career, certainly uh, in different environments, particularly if it's very male-dominant environment like a sales or technology, uh, women often, when they get a leadership position, they start behaving like a man. They they don't actually keep their feminine side because they think in order to compete and stay in their job, they have to turn into male. Can you, Lena, uh, tell us a little bit more about your experience in working uh, with the leaders in this in this topic? It can be, yes. It can be a little bit of a two-edged sword because if you uh, behave uh, very feminine, uh, they can hold that against you. If you behave like a man, they can hold that against you. So I think in order to, you know, to be authentic, to keep your happiness, to keep your power and don't spend a lot of energy behaving in a way that doesn't feel natural to you, you have to make peace with the fact that not everybody will love you when you have power. When you're in a position where you can actually decide over people's life, over maybe their departments or whatever is going to happen in their work life, then maybe some people will not like you. They might not like your style. And that, I think, is the first lesson for, for all men and women when they gain influence in their workplace, that they will receive pushback. So it's not about changing who you are when you receive pushback, but actually reflect is the way I behave, the way that feels authentic and right for me. And when we all know when we meet people and they are authentic, they, have, they shine through. And we feel we know them and we like them uh, much better than when we can see who they are because we actually feel comfortable and safe with them because they show who they are. That is such an interesting point Um, and just reminded me, I think I've asked a similar question to Dr. DiMartini who was my guest a couple of weeks ago. And uh, he was sharing a, such an interesting point where he was asked by one of the top U.S. magazines. I can't remember exactly which one. They've asked him if um, if you if you can be someone else uh, in the world, who would you choose to be? And his answer was, "Why would I be someone else if I can be the best version of myself?" And I thought that was a brilliant answer, Lena. And just yes, it's a brilliant answer. <laughs> I, I just absolutely love that, and I've got all of his, almost all of his 40-something books because I just love the simplicity in the way that he presents in terms of the leadership and talking about the self-worth and finding your values and behaviors and so on. And that reminded me now, Lena, when you're saying exactly the same, essentially, that uh, when you're trying to be someone else, then, you know, it's people can see it through, it's not you. And I certainly, through my career, uh, I was influenced by certain people, but I've, I've kind of observed the leaders that are good and bad and learned from them. I've never tried to copy them. But I thought, I like this, and I'm going to develop this more in me because I think it's good. But I think it's important to really, as you were saying, Lena, before, 
when you engage with people, you actually need to be yourself and you need to be true to yourself and stand for what you stand for and your values because it shines and it's come through. So that, that's, that's a really, really good point. Yeah. We also know if we go to a dinner party and someone actually gives someone of the, you know, gives something of, the, of themselves, they are the most interesting people we meet that evening. Someone who actually dare say maybe the funny thing or the little bit quirky thing or that we will remember and we relate to them. Uh, yes. Instead of someone holding back all evening, that's a, quite a, that's a little bit of a boring dinner to, to go to. Oh, yes. I've stopped going to these boring dinners um, a long time ago, Lena. Life is too short <laughs> to be around boring people. Exactly, um, exactly. And bring that to work. I would definitely say bring that, you know, that fun side of you or that authentic side of you to work because that was people really relate to. You know, the other thing, Lena, is, uh, and, and I will come back to you, Janine, because I would be interested in your thoughts as well. But another thing that uh, uh, just came across my mind just recently when I was doing some consulting work in one large organization, there was, um, I observed this particular uh, woman who was really behaving, um, how should I summarize? Uh, I think she was torn between what she's expected to do versus who she really is, and there was a, uh, not even a certainness, but kind of a, like aggression was coming through her leadership style, and I've actually um, had a conversation with her and pointed that out, and she, she wasn't even aware that she was doing it, and she said that, um, uh, you know, you expected to do certain things in a certain way in here. And then I pointed to her that perhaps she's copying her leader who wasn't actually the best leader. And um, I sometimes through my career observed when people actually have the uh, really bad role models or following bad role models early through their career, that's what happens. Can you tell us a little bit more about what's your experience with that, Lena? The thing is, if you, if you have a bad role model and you really think that this is the way you have to be, then, then that you're, you're, you're convinced that that is how I, I have to be. If you don't have the time to reflect or if you don't have other people to, to uh, speak with, if you don't have maybe an organization around you or a coach around you that can actually give you some feedback on your behavior, I think... Um, I, I think for a lot of people, they don't take the time to reflect. As you say, she didn't, as you, you say in your example, she wasn't even aware that she, her aggression was, uh, her leadership style was quite aggressive. And I think because, that Yes. Sorry? Yes, sorry, go on. Yeah. No, so I think that a lot of time it's because we are not aware that we have turned into a, um, a certain style uh, in, our, in, our, in our leadership style. Uh, so I think that feedback from people is very important. But, of course, if you're very in- intimidating to, to you, everybody, nobody will tell you. And you're probably Well, I was just going to say that her. I was the only one, actually, who exactly. told her that because I was a, I was a consultant. I'm not an employee. Uh, but, yes, that's exactly the challenge. Janine, is that, uh, is that your experience? Can, can you also tell us from your experience working in Spencer Stewart, is that something that you came across as well? 
Uh, definitely. I think we all, you know, we all fall victim to trying to emulate things that look successful. You know, one of the, the ways that we see this today is in the different generations of women. I tend to notice that there's women who are, you know, uh, in the latter part of their careers, many of whom, when they started in the business world, there were very few other women. And because of that, they, they just had to sort of emulate the male style and they had to adopt the, you know, those attitudes towards uh, other people and not realizing that that isn't as, uh, you know, welcomed <laughs> um, by others and the impact they might have on others. And then you have younger women who are entering the workforces that are more diverse and they sort of feel more free to do things their own way and you can sometimes get, you know, conflict uh, even among women, you know, the senior women not wanting to mentor the younger women because they, they have different models for how you should be, you know, in terms of your personal style. That's a, such an interesting point, Janine. And uh, that, that brings me uh, to another question that perhaps you can follow on. And uh, a lot of young women, uh, they, they are not sure how to start their career and how to get on the right track early in their career. And um, even last night, I actually had a dinner with uh, one lady who is from India, and she just graduated here in, in, in Australia, and she says to me, I actually don't know where to start. So perhaps um, we just have a couple of minutes to the end. So if you can perhaps give some summary of what would you recommend for young women who start in Korea, where to start and how to start. Yeah, I think that the early years are incredibly important for getting off on the right track and having early successes. So choosing the right kind of company and the right kind of environment where you can be yourself and still thrive is quite important. So, you know, do they talk about equality and do they practice what they preach, trying to find that out in the interview process? And even asking about flexibility policies early on, way before you need them, because companies that do have some flexibility are often just more open-minded um, about different types of career model. Um, and then, you know, making sure that you, you know, do everything you can early on to have some early success so that you can build on that later. It's not a throwaway job <laughs> early in your in your career. It's every job is important, especially the first one. I think that's really uh, really um, good point, Janine, because I I often say to people, you know, I I started as a former lawyer. I never imagined I would do what I do today. So you just learn new skills and and you move on. Um, we've got uh, about two minutes to the end of the episode today, and perhaps before we go, Lina, what would be in summary uh, your advice to to uh, to women in early stage of their career? I would say that that one advice, that many good advices, but one advice is really to find someone you can talk to, someone you can relate to about the issues, someone who you, where you can discuss your careers and difficulties, 
So you have that mentor, that sponsor that will really, that you have a good relationship. It might be, it can change over time, but I think it's really important. It might be someone from inside the company or outside. It could be a family member or or friend of a friend or family friend of the family, but find someone you can really discuss your career with. And I think for for a young person, it's really important to have someone trusted, a trusted advisor. Yes, I, I often say it's better not to have any advice than have the wrong advice. And I think it's uh, uh, the wrong advice and the wrong role model can actually completely sidetrack uh, career at the beginning. Um, so I, I agree with that. The, the having an advisor and a mentor in early stage, it's really, really critical. Um, we are at the end of our show. I really would like to say uh, thank you, Janine, and thank you, Lena, for being my guests today. I really have always um, fascinating conversation, Janine, talking to you. And uh, now, Lena, I'm so glad I've connected with you through Janine because the work that you do uh, through your show, Your Worth, is just absolutely amazing. And before I go, I would like to read um, the quote that I believe, um, Lena, you like, uh, which is from Andy McDowell, American actress, who says, when you are authentic, you create a certain energy. People want to be around you because you are unique. Thank you so much to both of you to, um, for being my guests today. In particular, Lena, it's so early uh, in the morning, and Janine, it's so late um, in the evening for you as well. So thank you so much. I'm looking forward to continuing this um, relationship post this show. And uh, for all of the Voice America listeners, thank you so much. If you want to reach for, uh, to Janine, you can reach Janine Ames through the Spencer Stewart as well as Lena Back Rowing through the Back Global Consulting. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. You're most welcome. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Please join Alma Besserton for another edition of the Global Workplace next Tuesday at 4 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week.